superchargers, headlights, and more. With over 122 million parts, eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Stay on your A-game with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Let's go. Let's go. Go. This is the Rich Eisen Show. Dalvin Cook could come to the Jets. Dalvin Cook retweets it with two 100 emojis. What does that mean? Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. Here's what it means. He's into the idea. If I am the New York Jets... Go get him. The Rich Eisen Show. Joe Douglas, go get him. Today's guests. ESPN senior NBA writer Brian Windhorst. Comedian Tom Grossi. Panthers running back Miles Sanders. Actor Patrick Renna. And now it's Rich Eisen. Yes, indeed. Welcome to this edition of the Rich Eisen Show live on the Roku channel here in Los Angeles, California on the final Wednesday of June of 2000. And 23, live on the Roku channel, live on this terrestrial radio station, Sirius XM, Odyssey, and more. We say hello to everybody out there listening on our podcast. If you are listening whenever you want, we still respect you here on our live feed. And we're also saying hello to anybody who subscribes to our YouTube page in any part of Roku, which is free on all Roku devices. It is free on select Samsung smart TVs. It is free on Amazon Fire TV, the Roku app. And, of course, if you want to check us out on the Internet, the RokuChannel.com, free O charge. How are you over there, Chris Brockman? What's going on? Rich, respectively, you're killing me, Smalls. Ah, Yay. yes, Patrick Renna is here on the show today, and you've got your Sandlot T-shirt on 30th anniversary last April uh, of the Sandlot and Patrick Renna. Uh, the Hambino himself is here on the show in studio. Uh, how are you over there, uh, DJ Mikey? I am doing well. Good morning. Good to see Rich. you. TJ Jefferson, is the candle lit? Are you going to light the candle the or what? candle's lit, and, you know, I'm going to give a shout-out to all of our respective Wendy Peppercorns out there. We all uh, have one. Right? <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome. My kids love the Sandlot. It, it, does still, it still does stand the test of time 30 years later. Uh, he's uh, on this show. Brian Winhurst is first up in about 18 minutes' time. The latest on what's going on in the uh, NBA with the new league year and free agency right around the corner. The draft in our rearview mirror. Victor Wembanyama going from a two-shot in Paris on a May night with uh, Brian Winhorst to now number one in your program, number one in your heart in San Antonio, Texas. He'll be joining us on this program. Uh, the comedian Tom Grossi is in studio. He's at the end of his his own 30 for 30. Um, 30 NFL stadiums in 30 days in the month of June, raising money for St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. So he had me at hello when he started doing this. He was on Pat's show a couple weeks ago when he went through Indianapolis. He's in studio here in hour number two because he's here in Los Angeles visiting the spot um, that uh, the Rams and the Chargers play in. So it'll be interesting when Tom steps foot in that stadium today. He will have been in SoFi Stadium more then Mike uh, Del Tufo and Chris Brockman combined um, <laughs> over the last calendar year. Uh, and there, up, and you guys are season ticket holders, that's which is up. really amazing that's when up. Tom joins us here in studio. So if you want to ask him what it looks like inside, I he'll tell you. To this. Rich, when I went to both nights of WrestleMania, did I? You've been in, you've been in so five <laughs> more than them. And they own season tickets for the Rams. We have actually been there. This is ridiculous. No. I'm uh, buying Taylor Swift tickets today. What's going did on? Did you really? I'm getting it. Well, there's a pre-sale. Dude. They added another show. You're not getting them. You're not getting them. <laughs> yeah. No, Dude, we sell them. You're going to have to sell your car to get those, right? Well, face value. Uh, the resale, I'll be able to buy a car. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> exactly. I see what he sees. Oh, of course, if if it's in SoFi City, he's not going. He's reselling it. That's yeah, how he does. Yeah, that's what he do. I'm a businessman, Rich. Yeah. Well, that's a case. I was about to say, your, your boy doesn't want to go to Taylor Swift. Yeah. I'm a businessman. Well, if that's the case, buy one for me, and then I'll... You want to go? Yeah. Done. No. Oh, oh, you got a pre-sale, too. He's no, get, no you're, getting yours, you're getting yours to resell it to Aaron Rodgers. That's, what you're t- <laughs> that's can, how you're going to really hit it. He can afford it. That's what I'm saying. All right. Um, let's start this show. Oh, by the way, Miles Sanders is on the show as well from the uh, Carolina Panthers. So uh, it's a lot of fun. 844-204-RICH, number to dial. Let's start with the Sandlot uh, that uh, uh, Shohei Otani plays in because 
Um, we have to start our show with this. I understand the NBA is in the news with Damian Lillard. What are the Lakers going to do? What's going to go on with your guy and James Harden, the beard? Which is what all of these questions may actually get answered one week from today. I understand that. And, you know, I understand that football is king and clearly that puts a roof over um, my head every single morning and night. And also, I would say to him, anyways, our head, right? Yeah, Here in the Rich Eisen Show sure. yeah, Essentially, yeah. Yeah. I, I, We have to point this out, though. Because what Shohei Otani is doing right now for the Los Angeles Angels is not normal. <laughs> He's not normal. He's not. Okay? And I know I, I say this with hesitation for him and for the Angels because uh, recently, as you know, we have gone all in on Ellie De La Cruz, the 21-year-old switch-hitting phenom in Cincinnati. And um, uh, since we most recently did that, uh, he has struck out almost every single time he's come to the he's, plate. He's in a one for He's 15. shaking ever it's since fine. I'm like, you know what, put it's him okay. in the All-Star game. <laughs> it's okay. you got to consider putting him in the All-Star game. Uh, so I, I, I don't want to put the Ziggy on this guy, but I think he's Ziggy-proof, quite frankly. It's not normal what Shohei Otani is doing right now. Last night, he became the first pitcher in the uh, American League to hit two home runs in a game and strike out 10 batters since Pedro Ramos in 1963. So it has been, we'll do the math for you, 60 years since we saw somebody in the American League do what Shohei Otani did last night. And I know you can push back and say, well, okay, Rich, well, they had the designated hitter for a long time. (laughs) Okay. Two home runs, 10 strikeouts in a game. I don't care if there was a designated hitter for much of the last 60 years in the American League. This is stupid. I don't know how we can possibly compute what we are seeing from Otani. First career game with 10-plus strikeouts and a homer. First time he's hit two home runs in a game in which he's pitched. Let's not forget when he started doing this, coming over to America to do this. Everyone's like, enjoy it the first year, folks, because at some point they're going to have to stop him from doing this or have him do one or the other or he'll be so great at one that he'll have to stop doing the other because he's too valuable at one and he's only getting stronger and better the fact that he stands at the plate and homers and then goes out in the next half inning and strikes out multiple people and then strolls back into the dugout has his Gatorade then he goes back out and he strikes out multiple people, and he goes back in the dugout, has his Gatorade, steps at the plate, and homers again. It's stupid. How many more times can I tell you what is happening is not normal? And also, what's fascinating is the Angels are are winning baseball games. Now, barely. If I had told you two home runs, ten strikeouts in a game against the White Sox from the American League Central, which we all know is a vast... Um, wasteland of mediocrity right now. If I had told you that, you'd be like, oh, they won by five runs, six runs, seven runs, eight runs. No, barely, four to two. Yep. That's, but, but the Angels are 44 and 37. Right now, they are in a wild card spot, one game behind the rotting, fetid corpse known as the New York Yankees, who are hoping Josh Donaldson snaps out of his... Oof. Uh, slump, and he actually did homer last night. When the, uh, they, they, they can't put him in the lineup in New York, so they take him and put him in front of the 5,000 people in Oakland, and he provides the only run for the Yankees on the night as they lose to the Oakland Athletics, who, and I'll say to the radio audience as we have the, the uh, playoff picture up on our Roku channel feed right now, the, uh, the A's aren't anywhere on the screen. As a matter of fact, they probably uh, are on a third screen. Even if we had a second screen with the rest of the American League standings, they wouldn't even make that. <laughs> The Orioles are looking terrific. But the Blue Jays, Astros, Red Sox obviously are on the Angels' tail. And that means Otani's going nowhere. That means the Angels will probably be buyers in a few weeks, which means heaven forbid the Angels make the playoffs. And what I'm saying right now to lead a national Sports talk and uh, information and entertainment show, I'd like to say. I don't yeah. want to peg us. I don't want to box yeah, us in. Just... Nobody puts this baby in a corner. Why would they? So, <laughs> well, you know, because we're Formula E. <laughs> um, we 
are leading this show with this in 2023 because this is not normal. And if this happens in a playoff game, well, then many people will go, oh. <laughs> Who's that? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Now I get it. Could you imagine he does this in a playoff game? Yeah. Could you imagine he does this I, I in can. a World Series game? It would be awesome. It would transform everybody's opinion of what an athlete is playing baseball. I mean, I was watching last night. I made sure Cage was watching last night. It was incredible. He's hitting 99 on the black and then steps to the plate, hits it 450 like it's nothing. It's not normal. And, by the way, we haven't mentioned his speed, how he can beat out plays at first base if he chops one so high in the air or he chops one where the first baseman has to retreat to maybe the edge of the infield dirt. He'll beat the first baseman to first. Okay. It's not normal. He's the MVP of the American League. It's don't even, even talk about anyone else. I don't want to. I don't want to hear about anyone else. Obviously, last year's MVP is out with a torn ligament in his toe, which is why the Yankees are struggling offensively. They're they're without their big toe, and so he's he's out. Who? I mean, there's no one else. There, I mean, Rich. with all due respect to the to the uh, the Rays. I mean, you know, Rich, they're, they're, this is my, this is my department. This, the, the, okay, the, the odds. Okay, yes, Shohei. You'd have to bet $15 to win $1 for him to be MVP. The next closest guy is Corey Seager. He's 35 to 1. Yeah. $1 to win 35. It's a wrap. Wrap in June. And his number, you know, I saw what uh, was at SpotTrack, the, the um, website and organization that focuses on the dollars in the sense that if, his, if he came up uh, his contract, just a pitcher, it would be two hundred something million dollars, and a hitter, he'd be three hundred and twenty million dollars. <laughs> and he's, I think that was—I la- I didn't know where they came up with that pitching number. He's both. He, the, his number is going to start with a six. I, can I tell you what I just now realized? That he's not going to be a Met. Well, <laughs> <laughs> money talks, and we got the most. So. Man That's has true. 28 home runs. I didn't realize he had What? That. You didn't? Yeah. I didn't realize he had 28. Yeah. He's on pace, which, by the way, For the godfather billion. of Sports Center, John Holy Walsh, cow. hated billion. We got voicemail messages and we got, um, not, not texts back in the 90s. We got messages from John Walsh. If anybody on SportsCenter said somebody's on pace, on pace, he hated on pace. So Kenny Mayne would do it every No, episode. no, no. Kenny, Kenny would just say, you know, <laughs> it doesn't matter. The games are played inside television sets. Yeah. You know, That's so, be a record. You know, but, but Wall, he hated the on pace stuff. Because injuries can happen and all of that business. That said, I'm sorry, John. Here I am in 2023. <laughs> um He's on pace for 56 home runs. Holy cow. Last year on June 28th, Aaron Judge, same number, had 28 home runs. Uh, he might. Could you imagine? He, he wins Cy Young, and he wins the MVP. And hits 60? And hits 60 home runs. Please, God. That Folks, we're on. That this is amazing. possible. <laughs> Leads baseball and RBIs. This like, is entirely possible. That would be amazing. Uh, uh, really? This is insane. I know. And I know we're going on and on and on about it, but. What else can you do? I don't think we go on enough about it. Well, we are. We say hello to our mightier 1090 audience right here in Southern California. What a jewel. And, and again, I'm sorry to do this to the great city of Anaheim and everyone in Orange County. If he was doing this for the Dodgers, you'd be hearing about it a hell of a lot more, period. And I know that's the Los Angeles Angels. I mean, I, I think He'd be doing it for the Red Sox and the teams, Yankees yeah. or whatever, and that's why he's got to figure Mets, out if this Cubs, matters to Cardinals. him, if it matters to him or not. But right now, I think what matters to him is they're they're seven up on the five hundred mark right now. And Trout and, and Trout has not been good this year. Didn't play last night. He's doing it by himself. He's literally carrying the team. Huh? In the modern day Mickey Mantle, right next door to Mickey Mouse, has got a Goliath. A total Goliath. Just once again, to repeat, headline. Shohei Otani, this is not normal. 
<laughs> that's our analysis. That's it. <laughs> Is that normal? Yep, that's my analysis. I like it. Thank you. Um, Brian Windhorst is going to join us. Uh, he did the finger pointing thing on the Cavs, right? Something's up. I can't say. You said that say. on local radio, yeah, right? Yeah, I don't want to speculate. In, in Ohio. Or, okay, great. I don't want to get you guys okay. ramped up. Yeah. Well, we'll ask again. And then what's going on with uh, Damian Lillard? The fact that he has a meeting with his agent and the general manager of the Blazers in a three-sentence statement comes out of Joe Cronin's office. What's that about? 844-204-RICH, number to dial, not one, but two in-studio guests. The comedian Tom Grossi, raising money for St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. Can't wait to help him raise money. We'll do that in hour number two. Same thing uh, in hour number three, another in-studio guest. Patrick Renna will be here. The Hambino himself from the great movie The Sandlot, 30 years old now. Not him, the movie. And uh, and Miles Sanders of the Carolina Panthers and you eight four four two zero four rich number to dial oh and they're selling uh, live tour Phil Mickelson uh, capes <laughs> by the way that was not a metaphor or in any way shape or form sarcastic that's literal Brian Winhorst is next this is the Rich Eisen show. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. Back here on the program. What's going on over there? You checking something out over there? I was looking up somebody's uh, handicap. Go also, ahead. Found it because it was Butcher Gross, who I just saw yeah, on ESPN. Yeah, yeah. He was on I just ESPN saw him up there, and I told you, yeah. I, pl- I got to play some golf with him when, we, when I was a sports center anchor back in the day, mm-hmm. and he was uh, just new to ESPN. And I told you, best stick maybe in the history of ESPN, Ravitch and him would give each other a oh, run. Oh, interesting. My, with all due respect to Dan Patrick, who's got some game. But Ravitch has got some game. Bouchergross, I said, gives strokes back to the course. And you looked up his handicap? Looked it up. He's a plus 2.5. I'm not kidding you. And on top of it, from my recollection, one of the nicest people to spend a day on the golf course with, especially since I wasn't within a million miles of his game. He would just stripe it. He would stripe it. And then it would take me five minutes to find my golf ball because I just shanked it and then drop and then hit and then hit again to get to his. And he, you know, I was holding him up. Couldn't have been nicer. Could not have been nicer. And he's hosting the draft on ESPN tonight, the NHL draft. Should we FaceTime him real quick? Um, I, I don't know if I have his number still, but I'd love to. He's one of the nice. I mean, he's catch up, shoot the breeze. Just a. Ask for some candy. Yeah, hey, hey, 25-year-old uh, next, candy. Next time there, uh, <laughs> it's been 20 years since I've asked you for a stroke. Give me some strokes. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. Okay. How many Michigan guys going to be drafted tonight? That's what I'd ask him. Here you go. Let's take a look. NHL mock. I think we might have the top pick in the draft. Hold on. Let me do an NHL mock draft. Stand by. He's not Michigan, according to uh, Mike Hoskins. Our Buffalo Saber fan. Saber. My my brother in playoff utility. Oh yeah, Connor Bedard's going number one. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Welcome back to the Rich Eisen Show Radio Network. I'm sitting at the Rich Eisen Show desk, furnished by Granger with supplies and solutions for every industry. Granger is the right product for you. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. He's our favorite, and I'd say it even if he wasn't on hold hearing me. Uh, from the worldwide leader in sports, his Hoop Collective podcast is outstanding, and every single word that he says makes us smarter. Brian Windhorst back here on the Rich Eisen Show. How are you doing, Brian? 
Two things, Rich. Number one, we have a putting green on the campus at Bristol now. You may want to reconsider your decision. Oh, really? That's right. Are you serious? And, yep. And after hours, you know, when no one's around, you know, when Jimmy Pataro goes home, you can even kind of – I'm not saying I've done this or suggested done this. You could you could maybe even chip off a balcony outside the studio no. to try to keep it on the green. <laughs> Secondly, uh, speaking of Michigan draft picks, I believe um, – the Wolverines had two guys taken high in the NBA draft and somehow didn't make the tournament. Uh, Brian, you have no <laughs> idea the text exchange between me and a bunch of Michigan Wolverine friends and dogs, as we refer to ourselves. Um, we were like, okay, uh, that's, uh, that's, that's good to know. <laughs> that we, had, <laughs> we had two first-round picks, if I'm not mistaken, almost top of the first-round picks as well. And, yeah, you know, I but mean, including Juwan's kid. Remember. Including Juwan's kid. I yeah, I can't remember where Buffkin went 15th. So I can't say two guys in the lottery because Toby Buffkin went 15th. But two guys in the top 15, even you know, very high up there in the top half. Mm. So what is the overarching story of the draft, if there is one, Brian? Well, there wasn't a lot of excitement. There was a time where it looked like like seven or eight of the top 10 picks were available. And we only saw one top ten pick change hands, and, and seven and eight swapped. Basically, there was it was very little drama that happened there. So, and by the way, that that's not stunning because a lot of times you'll hear a lot of sound and fury ahead of the draft. But um, you know, the Blazers were the the Blazers had the biggest. Well, uh, the Hornets had a very important moment in their franchise where they were choosing between Brandon Miller and Scoot Henderson. And they made the decision to go with Brandon Miller, who's much more of a prototypical modern NBA player. Size, multi-positions, can shoot. Um, makes total sense that they would go with him there in 2023. But you do have Scoot Henderson, who a lot of scouts feel is a number one level talent, number one pick level talent, in a year where, where Victor Wembanyama happened to be in the draft. And while I'm not comparing him to Michael Jordan at all, it is interesting that Jordan was sitting there with Portland involved in the 2-3 situation, mm -hmm. um, you know, with a guy with a lot of talent who wouldn't really have fit great on their roster with LaMelo Ball there, um, having to make that choice. And Mitch Kupchak, the GM, came out and said, even though Jordan's selling the team, he is running this draft and has final approval on the pick. So you can put the choice for Brandon Miller on Michael Jordan. And now that may look great in six months, uh, but it was a, not an easy decision. And so then the Blazers had the choice to draft or trade and their general manager, Joe Cronin came out and basically said, we thought the idea of drafting Scoot Henderson was more better for our team than any trade we could have made. <laughs> his, his talent import was better than anything we were offered or maybe that they even thought they could get for for three. And that's what they're trying to sell to Dame Lillard, too. Um, and so that, you know, that every draft is interesting. You know, years later, you go, oh, my God, can you believe this? And, you know, Sports Illustrated just did a story on David Kahn, the guy who passed Steph Curry twice. Um, you know, that still hangs over him to this day, obviously, in the Wolves franchise. So maybe these decisions are enormous. Maybe they're not. We'll see. But this one in the moment. You know, obviously everybody was paying attention to Wembenyama at one, but where I felt the tension and was fascinated was the next 10 minutes when picks two and three were made. I'm with you, Brian. I am absolutely with you because, again, how all of this lands in between the temples of Damian Lillard is truly the crux of the situation. I understand we're talking about two franchises, two players that are going to be playing long after if they're fortunate uh, after Damian Lillard hangs them up. But it really does mean a lot for what Lillard thinks. And then Joe Cronin sends out a three-sentence press release <laughs> statement after meeting with Lillard and his agent. What was that about, Brian? I think it was an indication that everybody, uh, Dame, didn't ask for a trade in this meeting, <laughs> I think is what the point of it was. And basically, um, from what I understand, what the Blazers are asking for and what Dame is granting at the moment is time. Uh, I think the Blazers would like a lot of time. I think the Blazers would like Dame to not only watch what they do in free agency um, in the next uh, week or so, but I think they would love for him to watch him, watch Scoot Henderson compete in summer league. 
and come to training camp with him and see how the season goes. And before he decides this is not going to work or that he does that he can't, you know, be closer to high level competition with a, with a teenager to play with him. And at least for this round one, Dame has agreed, you know, Dame is, you know, didn't ask for a trade in that meeting right after the draft, even though it was exactly the opposite of what he said he wanted in, in April. Um, and he is going to apparently wait and see what they do in free agency. And maybe he'll wait longer. And so, uh, you know, some teams that probably were waiting for a Dame to make a request or for them to come out of that meeting with an understanding, maybe it wasn't a direct request, but that they would move on from him. Uh, they're going to have to c- conduct their own business, you know, and I don't know if there's going to be doors that close or open. It was getting to Friday and Saturday. I mean, the team that everybody has on their lips and it's not a rumor. It's, you know, very clear. Miami has interest in Dame if he becomes available. Uh, Miami has a couple of free agents and they're going to have to make some decisions like, do we spend now or do we hold back? I think generally Miami's offer will not change very much, whether Dame waits five days or, or 20 days or three months. Um, but there are other teams who may be in that situation. And so uh, the what came out of that meeting was very interesting to the league on Monday evening. Well, let's talk about the time that Lillard might have granted Joe Cronin to see what he's got cooked up. Let's just – take it one at a time here let's just say it is free agency that that's it that he wants to see what they do over the over the next week so how aggressive can the blazers be give me give me the scenario by which uh lillard sits back watches and goes i'm glad i i didn't demand a trade right they don't have salary cap space right now the only way they could really get salary cap space is if they said goodbye to jeremy grant um who was a key member of their team last year and who I think Jake Dame would like to resign. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, you know, they, if they, and if he lets, if he leaves, it's not like they have 40 million, they would have some, but not enough to seriously go out and, and land what I would think would be a major free agent. Like they're not going out and signing um, Kyrie Irving, you know, with right. that money. Not that you'd pair those two together anyway. Um, and so, then you're looking, okay, well, if you re-sign Jeremy Grant, then you're looking at trade. And they've just drafted a a sort of a – he's not small, he's 6'3", but he's not 6'8". So you have Dame Lillard, who's on the smaller side for guards. You have Anthony Simons, who they've given a, a huge contract to, a $20, 25000000 million contract, I think, off the top of my head. And Dame Lillard, who – you know, or, or and Scoot Henderson, all of which are under – Six five, um, you know, in some cases significantly under. That's not a good deployment of resources. So maybe there's a deal out there. Simons has some value, but again, I don't know if there's a trade that they can make that all of a sudden is like, whoa, the Blazers might be a top four team in the West right now. So the question is, really, to me, is you know, does Dame want to give them that time? Look, Chris, I've said this before, and I'll say it again. If you brought somebody in as an arbiter, if you brought somebody in as a counselor mm. and presented all of the data. The counselor would probably say, Dame, you're right to be impatient and probably want to leave. You should leave. And they'd probably say to the Blazers, you are correct in drafting Scoot Henderson. It is the correct decision for the franchise. You did a good job. I recommend you break up. I think that's what that's would be the recommendation, but we just haven't gotten to that point yet. And I have seen strange things happen in the NBA. I've seen (laughs) teams pull things out of there. You know where that I didn't think was going to happen. And so with all due respect to Joe Cronin and the Blazers, I will also sit and watch. But I am not hearing anything that I think is all of a sudden going to be a game changer. But that doesn't mean that it won't happen. Brian Winhorst here on the Rich Eisen Show. So then what's the first big splash that's going to happen, do you think, if you crystal ball it for me, Brian? Well, we, we really – you know, last year James Harden really surprised a lot of people. It was the same type of situation. It was like, okay, he's a free agent. He didn't pick up his option. Is he, you know, are they going to sign him to a, are they going to give him a huge max or what are they going to do? And James Harden doesn't use a traditional agent. He has brought in agents as consultants in the past, but he largely and his manager represents himself. And like they do direct talks with Daryl Morey. And they came out last year on the first day of free agency and surprised everybody. It was a deal where James signed a very short deal one year with an option, which I'm expecting that he won't pick up tomorrow, but we'll see. Um, uh, and it was, it was a huge pay cut. <laughs> and that pay cut 
uh, enabled uh, them to sign P.J. Tucker and go out and trade for uh, D'Anthony Melton. They got two of their top, like, six guys uh, in the days right around free agency. And so I don't want to assume that Daryl Morey and, and James Harden are not going to emerge on Friday afternoon or Saturday or whenever. And, like, there's another agreement that catches us off guard. But I would suspect that at the end of the day, James Harden's going to be back with Philly. And the reason I say that is, number one, that's what the what the word is, but it's not ironclad. The other thing is Houston is the other team that makes sense. There's only like five teams with cap space, Rich. And like, I don't think Orlando, I don't think San Antonio, I don't think uh, Indiana or, you know, or Detroit, that it doesn't make sense for those teams to go get James Harden. The team that it makes sense for is Houston. And Houston has a ton of space. They have $60 million. But for to sign James Harden, it would probably take – a max level salary, which is in the high forties and Houston is not out there operating. Like they've got James Harden in their back pocket. They're out there, you know, you know, getting ready to pitch on an array of free agents based on what I've heard. They may be offering a number of guys, a number of different levels of contracts. So if they're getting James Harden, they've done a really good job of cloaking it. And so that's why I say indications are pointing. He'll be back. So the question then becomes back for what four years. That would be stunning. But I can't see him take another one-year deal. Another pay cut? That doesn't make sense. He's already sort of in their debit to them. So, you know, that'll be a big thing. And then you have Kyrie Irving, same type of situation. Kyrie, uh, he absolutely could take a pay cut and show interest elsewhere. But where is that elsewhere? I just told you the teams that have space. I mean, do we think the Spurs are signing Kyrie Irving to pair with Victor Wembanyama? Those are on different timelines. The pace, the uh, the Pistons have Cade Cunningham. He's their franchise point guard going forward. Uh, I don't see that the Lakers have pretty much made it clear they're not interested in clearing cap space. Rob Plinka just re- reaffirmed that yesterday. Right. Um, there's always sign and trades. That's always possible, but that would require the Mavericks to cooperate. So the other thing is, you know, does Kyrie take a deal in Dallas? Or does he try to take meetings and try to manufacture something? So those are the two big things. The two biggest free agents are desired and respected players who don't, who may not have a big market outside the teams that they're on right now. Brian Windhorst here on the Rich Eisen Show. Walk me through what the Los Angeles teams can do because they got the they got their their paired up superstars right. Um, and and now what? Because uh, they, they the Lakers went further than anyone expected. The Clippers obviously. Got got clippered with injuries, as always. Um, but what about those two teams trying to go chase the Nuggets, knowing that the Warriors went ahead and got Chris Paul already? Give me yeah. those Give me those scenarios, please. Yeah, so the, the Lakers, Rob Plink has come out and said that they're probably going to bring this team back. And look, there's a reason why. Even if they cut the players that they are able to cut, and even if they didn't re-sign D'Angelo Russell and Rui Hachimura, They'd only be able to clear about thirty, thirty-four million in space. Then they would have got their their space, and they'd still be below, well below, ten plus million below what the max would be for Kyrie Irving and James Harden. And Palinka doesn't like that. Very clearly, he's not going that route. On the other hand, they don't really have the players on their roster or the asset. They don't have the draft picks and stuff to go trade for Bradley Beal or to wait for it and get in. You know, in honestly, a Dame Lillard. Uh, chase. They're just not really in position to do that. So his option is to take the team that went 18 and six last year after the trades that got to the conference finals and tried to to run that back with some improvement. So they they offered qualifying deals to Rui Hachimura and Austin Reeves yesterday, and I expect them to keep them. Uh, and once they do that, you can forget about them having cap space. The one thing that they can do is. Um, Tomorrow, they have a deadline on on three players' contracts, Malik Beasley, Jared Vanderbilt, and Mo Bamba. Um, it's all told $31 million that they can, can cut and get off of their books for next year. It wouldn't create $31 million in space, but it would give them some flexibility. I think they're going to keep Jared Vanderbilt. But if they release the other two players, they could open up using their $12 million mid-level exception. So they could keep Austin Reeves, keep Rui Hachimura, Go sign a player for $12 million, a, 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 a high-level role player, a guy who could probably be a, a key member of their rotation, and then make a decision on do they bring back D'Angelo Russell or do they bring back Dennis Schroeder or do they sign a point guard, a different point guard with that money. 
um, and then still have a draft pick they can trade later and, 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 and good people on their team. And the other thing that's sort of out there on the horizon, I think the Lakers fans should think about, in August, I believe it's August 4th, the, uh, Anthony Davis is eligible to sign a contract extension. He can be a free agent in 2024. And Rich, in, two, in, in, this, in this modern NBA, if you have a star player, you do not want him to get to free agency. So typically teams try to extend their guys, and it's a big number with Anthony Davis. Three years, and get ready for this, $167 million. Wow. <laughs> Wow. That's what his number would be if you're going to give him the full extension. Now, you can negotiate that down if you want to try. I'm not saying that's the only offer. Wow. But you want to get him signed, right? Yeah. And so that's a little bit of an interesting drama. By the way, uh, Giannis has a extension situation. He, he can sign in, this, in September. Now, he's got two years left. AD has one year left, so it's not as much – pressure there but you know nowadays like if you can't get your guys to extend it it gets interesting Mm. so now the clippers similar situation um they have paul george and Kawhi leonard both have one year left on their contract can be free agents next year they do have options in those deals where they can opt in for an extra year but they're only tied to the organization for one more year do you extend them and by the way these are the same type of numbers you're talking about 55 ish million per year at the max now i'm not saying they got to negotiate that but that's what their that's what their top number would be um that's the prickly one too so uh i would be fascinated i will be fascinated to watch and not only you know obviously the clippers were in talks to try to acquire malcolm brogdon it ended up not happening i would expect them to be in some talks to do other things to help grade their roster this year but to me, the interesting drama is what they do, what those team, what those LA teams do with those, those guys. And I think Anthony Davis is now 30. Um, those guys in their 30s who have injury histories, particularly the Clipper guys. Hmm. What do you do there? You know, that's what their team is built around. So that'll be interesting for sure. Does Draymond stay put? Is there any drama there or no? What do you think? I, I, everything in, indicates that I'm a big actions over words guy, yeah. Rich. Yeah. The actions that the Warriors have taken. They trade Jordan Poole, get his money off the books, and also that's a chemistry play additionally. I think the money was the bigger reason. That's a chemistry play when it comes to Draymond. They open up space to have Draymond sit on their books a little bit easier. And Clay, if they can extend him. Clay has one year left on his deal. He makes $43 million. Hmm. I do not believe he's a $43 million player. At least he wasn't this at the year. end of last season. Yeah. But that's another thing they have to deal with. But by getting Jordan Poole's money off they free up some stuff it wouldn't surprise me if draymond does take a meeting or two he's never been an unrestricted free agent that is what it it is a privilege to do so Uh, we have seen this over the years um i expect him to be back i can't see us i can't i can't see two things one the warriors without him and i can't see him walking away from steph curry and he could maybe get a little bit more money in the first year when the warriors are offering but what they offer in the total, him to stay there and chase another title, I'd be very surprised if he walked away from that. Last thing for you, uh, Brian Windhorst, you just said you're uh, an action over words guy. Help me uh, decipher this from a highly respected um, person uh, who covers the NBA. If you don't mind translating this for me or telling me what it means, quote, I have some speculation. There's a couple of outlandish stuff that I'm not going to say right now because I'd get in trouble. I wish I could tell you more, and I know I shouldn't tease you about the Cavs. Who said that, Brian? Who said I that? I said it, and apparently yes. I did get in trouble oh. with it. I, oh. had, I, had Cavs, I had Cavs players reaching out to me asking what, what they were doing. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. So what do we have yeah, I, today? Well, you know, this, this is what happens. Somebody could take something out of this. You know, we've been talking for 20 minutes. Somebody could take three sentences out of this, and it would sound like, you know, it sounded like I came on to yes. that yes. show and right out of the gate said, get ready for this. Here's the big news. And I just said outlandish. Okay. Outlandish. I'll, never, I'll tell you one thing. I'll never say it again. Well, uh, okay. I was speaking about, the, you know, the Cavs are kind of in a similar boat. Not the exact same, but they're in a similar boat as the Phoenix Suns. Um, they traded so much for Donovan Mitchell that they don't have a lot. They don't have draft picks to trade. Their, 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 their books are stuffed, and they don't have a lot of role players, spare role players either. 
And um, so they have to get kind of creative. And, you know, there were some things that they may have kicked the tires on, which is what I was referring to, that I found interesting and unlikely and unpredictable and things that I couldn't have foreseen. Yes. And people ran wild with it. Next thing you know, you got Darius Garland being traded for um, for Damian Lillard. And um, <laughs> that was my fault. I should not have used the word outlandish okay. in free agency week. Um, I was talking about them going after some, some moves at the edge on some players I didn't think they'd be able to acquire, and they're not going to be able to acquire them. Uh, I was actually trying to compliment their front office for trying to be creative. Uh, instead, I gave them a giant headache because everybody still <laughs> thinks that they're going to trade for, um, you know, LeBron, uh, Steph Curry, and Nikola Jokic by, uh, by Friday. Uh, okay. So I will never again use the word outlandish in that way, and uh, uh, I will be very, very plain. And the Cavs are not the immediate within hours. It was like, oh, Darius Garland. I was like, no, no, the Cavs are not trading Darius Garland. Okay. Um, so. Um, yeah, I, that's what happens. You know what happened yesterday, Rich? It was ridiculous. But this is where we are. At, at Get Up, 8.01 a.m., the mm-hmm. first topic out of the 7.01 in Central, where I live, first topic out of the gate, we're talking about the Sixers on Get Up. Mm-hmm. Second topic at about 8.03 is this, the Blazers and Dame Willard. Yep. And uh, so I start talking about the Blazers, and I say the word six. Uh, I, I caught myself. I, I almost said Sixers because I was just talking about the Sixers four seconds earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, but I actually said, I corrected myself. I said, "Oh, I mean Blazers," and people actually thought mm. that I was making a slip, and that I was saying that Dame Lillard was actually going to the Sixers. Mm. And if you take oh. that, Whoa. if you take that that just that clip out and don't realize that 11 seconds earlier I was talking about the Sixers, and it was just you know, stumbling over the words, and that's where we're at right now. Yep, uh, is that everyone's analyzing the words. The vagaries of being an influencer yeah. of note, Brian Windhorst. The vagaries, it's just, it's its your lot in life. So I'm glad I gave you a chance to clear that up. And and I guess the, the, the lack of options that you talked about the Cavs roster is maybe why Daryl Morey asked for literally everything plus the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame for well, Tobias Harris. a very interesting uh, story. Now, I actually really respect that reporter, so I'm mm-hmm. not going to say anything. But the Cavs, if, if the Sixers asked the Cavs, for a first-round pick, mm. the Cavs would have gotten very, very excited because it would have been news to them they had a first-round pick to trade. <laughs> <laughs> Brian, you're the best, so, man. Thanks yeah. for the time. I really do right. appreciate it. And I'm glad you got a chance to clear that up. There was uh, nothing outlandish about this segment. So thanks for the time, Brian. Truly appreciate it. I hope it. not. But you know what? In another like 25 minutes, I might have said something. I might be right <laughs> back here tomorrow explaining myself. We'll let you know. We'll let you know. We'll let you know. Thanks for the call, Brian. Appreciate Talk to you later. it. All right. Hit him straight if you're uh, putting in, uh, in, uh, in Bristol right there. That's uh, Brian Winhorst right here on the Rich Eisen Show. <laughs> God, I love that guy. I literally could talk to him for an hour and a half. Brian Winhorst and the Hoop Collective, his must listen to podcast, and of course, everything that he says on, on ESPN. Whether he means it or it's a Freudian slip, that means nothing Freudian or it's just a slip. Damian Lillard's giving him time, guys. He's giving him time. Say all what you... We're going to have Sam Amick on tomorrow to talk about this, too, because he's the one who reported Draymond signs there. They re-signed Jeremy Grant. He's cool with Scoot Henderson. And we'll see if that's going to happen. But... People just can't compute that Lillard just is not going to be one of those guys who demands a trade and he's going to be chill. You can't compute it. 844-204-RICH, number to dial here on the program. We've got uh, a lot of in-studio guests, a lot of fun. The comedian Tom Grossi, who is touring every single NFL stadium to try and raise money for St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. In-studio Patrick Renna, the Hambino from... The Sandlot in Studio Hour 3 and your calls at 844-204-RICH. Mel Brooks is one of my favorites of all time. What was that like working 
with him. Wow. Yeah. Uh, did you see it first on screen or on I a saw VHS? It. I saw it on the screen. On screen. I did. Oh, I man. went to the movie. It was eighty five, and yeah. you would have been like fifteen or fourteen. No, or... I, I was bless you 13. for that. Actually, no, I was just about to go to college. I was, oh, yeah, I was oh, eighteen. Yeah. I was about seventeen years old. That's like bless straight you. heroin. No cut. <laughs> <laughs> yes, for a Mel Brooks, you know, Jewish kid from New York who grew up loving Mel Brooks, man. It was just like, okay, Mel Brooks meets Star Wars. I am all the way. <laughs> I am. Well, in. you know, my uh, I I always love, and I do love that Jewish side of him because it's old. You know, it's old vaudeville. It's old. Uh, your, your show of belts, That's you know. what it was. I yeah, mean, yeah like really. Sid Caesar. I mean, you got to be way back in the day, man. Just so. yeah, genetically, it's in it's in him all the way. But Mel used to come up to me and goes, Holman, you guys. <laughs> you have such good hair. I mean, I got hair. It's like, it's like Brillo, and you got such good hair. You know, and he touched me. You know, it's affection in a weird, wild way. <laughs> it's good to be the king. Yeah, it's kind of good like to that. be the king. Oh my God. What a genius! I mean, this, and I always think about him. It's baseballs in terms of the po the power nap, because mm -hmm. he would be, you know. He just said, say, I, I'm just going to go down for about five minutes. And he'd come up and a thousand things had occurred. Are you serious? Yeah. Like he would just tap out and say, I need a, just a power nap. And then he would come back and then. Yeah. He said, we need to change that line. It needs to be not orange, but purple. Mm -hmm. Purple's funnier. Mm -hmm. You know, stuff like that, which sounded like wisdom to me. <laughs> it sounds like, well, I mean, he would know which color is funnier. Happy 97th birthday oh. to the great Mel Brooks. Wow. Good to be the king. No, it is good to be the king. Back here on the Rich Eisen Show, 844-204-RICH. Harden staying in Philly. How about that? You good with that? Uh, it just depends you, on what the number is, man. What do you care about the number? What do you mean, what do I care? You can't pay a 38-year-old James Harden $50 million. What do you care? Well, because that will keep the team from getting other players. Or... He's the best player to get, and it doesn't matter. You can't get any other players. Well, you saw the playoffs, right? I did. Do you, <laughs> well, you I saw two games. I saw two games. Okay, and then what about the other ones? I saw those two. Okay, so based upon what you saw last, how would, as Rich Eisen, as, a, uh, as an author yourself, how would you pen the end of that, this story? Oh, I thought it was Doc's fault. He's the one who lost his job. <laughs> well, well, Doc yeah. was blaming James Harden. I'm just saying. What is it? What is it Harden? What did is you it call? Harden or is it Doc's fault? What, what is it? Because Doc's the one who ate it, right? You came Doc's on the air. one who's out here hitting him straight here in Los Angeles now. Can't fire the players. You came on air. Yes, and you can. You can let him go to you let him go to Houston. You said into that mic that James Harden quit on the Sixers. So well, that is what you said. Uh, and I'm, I'm, I, I'm I saw I that, saw activity that made it seem that way, but then then it comes down to it. You you're better off with him or without him. We better off with Dame Lillard, like I've been begging for for well, three he's years. He's not going to give you the well, opportunity. He doesn't want to go there. No, I think he might want to go there, but again, folks cannot compute that he is just a different cat. Where, yeah, he wants to win, but he does want to win in Portland. Like they really—it's it, he is torn. Well, I get it. He's happy. He but is it's not torn, about him. and he's just want. like I think he just in the same way that you're like sometimes. Why don't you want a hot take a little bit more, right? Who me? Now, sometimes you. Hear, I, I hear. I hear you guys. I hear you, you all whispering. Hear me I hear you that. whispering. You hear your man's over there say that. No, but sometimes you know. Eight-year battle. Why well, you know put yourself out there a little bit? It's not my style. It's not my style. Well, because you care too much about being right. Well, no, I care too much about being nuanced. Okay? I do like being right. Wrong line of work. No, I, you might say, no, hey, and I appreciate that because we're in the deep end of a pool. Like, there's an undertow of hot taken between the hours of 12 and 3 and oh, sometimes yeah. 9 a.m. the noon Eastern and sometimes 6 a.m. the 9 a.m. Eastern. But it's not my style. And you know what's not Damian Lillard's style, what it appears? Winning. Uh, wow. There's your hot take. There you go. Or, or, or facts. Or his style is not, I want out of here. Well, Get me out of here. Then guess what? He's going to retire with no rings. Or 
he's willing to finally one last assessment i'll give you i'll give you the shot to show me the opportunity to win a ring here right now over the next 10 days and if you show me enough then i am more than happy to stay well, they and give Scoot Hendrick well, a shot. And if it doesn't happen, then we need to talk about the trade deadline. And I'm sure his agent, who's not, you know, fresh off the turnip truck here, is going to be saying, you can play it out now. And then we'll see what happens at the trade deadline. Kyrie Irving got traded at the trade deadline. But the best asset Portland's ever had to acquire a win-now veteran was the number three overall pick. And they kept it. Or maybe not. Or maybe not. Maybe not. We don't know what the offers were there. We don't. And, they, you know, Joe Cronin does have, as part of his job description, it's not like win now at Dame. It's win and long term. Look at the Nuggets. They seem pretty set for a while, don't they? Like you want, that's what you want. And so. There's no one on Portland. That his, his job is to win long term and win with Dame now. Dame might be saying, I'll give you 10 more days to show how you can win with me now. And then his agent's probably like, yeah. This would be a nice opportunity to make yourself available and when Miami's here, that. But you don't think Miami's going to try and move heaven and earth in February if he's available? It's different. They're, they're trying right now. That's what I'm saying. That Right now, though, he's not there yet to say to Portland, I want out. And folks like you, no offense, can't compute that. It's his own fault. I mean, he's going to retire. He's going to be one of the great ringless players with Stockton and Malone and Barkley and Drexler. Yeah, I, he's going to be on that list. I see what you're saying. That ain't a bad list to be on, though. <laughs> no, but I see what you're saying, but it, you, that's maybe where it's trending, but you can't say that definitively is what I'm saying. The comedian Tom Grossi, who's touring all NFL stadiums on behalf of St. Jude's, coming up. I mean, St. Jude I, Children's I, Research I Hospital, a lot of pardon dollars, me. But... So, Did you say Drexler? Um, did he ring one with Boy Houston? Yeah. Well, Portland. Portland, great. That didn't win there. Had to go somewhere else to win. Well, and, I, and I, I understand what you are saying, and the writing maybe is big block as, letters as big on the wall get. for you, and it may be that way for him. We also don't know what's, you know, his home. Like, you know, do we really got to leave Portland, Daddy? You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. You can stay here. I'll go to Miami no, for a few months. That's and I'll not be a back. way that. It, but that's not a way to live life. When your window for being an elite athlete, it mm. is, is so small. You're so convinced that he cannot win in Portland right now, and I Look totally at the get. West. Why, I totally get it. Give this guy. He's giving the. I'm just why telling you what his you mindset. Why are you convinced that he can? That's the question. Because you never know. Scoot Henderson can turn out to be one of the best players to come out of the draft in a long time, make a huge difference. They re-sign Jeremy Grant. They get a couple other guys who want to play there, and all of a sudden, they're a two-seed and a three-seed with a big shot. And he's probably sitting there saying, I'd rather do that than immediately change my entire landscape right now. Certainly when his agent is probably saying, fine, play it out. I'll get you out in in February. His agent's (sighs) doing him a disservice. You just sit there smiling, huh? Because he knows I'm right. That's why. I I don't know that necessarily. He can't say it because he can't refute it because I'm right. Hour number two coming up here on the Rich Eisen Show. Maybe he's happy.